0: People always ask me what type of marketing we do at the practice to see on average 165 new patients each and every month. And I always say the same thing, reviews, and more importantly, I rank high on Google. You may have heard me talk in the past about how my practice's website and Google search ranking has been the most beneficial element to my practice's growth. Well, I've been happily working with the same marketing person for the past four years, and now you can too. Relevance Online Marketing will take you from non-existence to the top of the pack using the revolutionary approach to SEO and pay-per-click advertising. No contracts, no BS, and only the results that you can take to the bank. So if you are looking for a marketing company that gives your practice the attention and care it deserves, look no further than Relevance Online Marketing. Mention Dental Practice Heroes and get your first month free, risk-free, with absolutely no obligations. Relevance Online Marketing will take your online marketing from zero to hero. Go to relevanceonlinemarketing.com and set up a demo today. That's relevanceonlinemarketing.com and gear up for some real practice growth. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dental Practice Heroes podcast. Merry Christmas, everyone. I hope you had a great holidays or whatever you celebrate. I'm actually recording this before Christmas because I didn't want the editor to have to edit it over Christmas weekend. So this is actually the week before Christmas in real time, but it's going to be released on Monday, December 26th. So I'm going back to work this week. I'm going back to work tomorrow. I was off for like 30, 32 days. I think I was off from the practice, which is crazy. That was the longest time I've ever taken off. And it was like thing after thing happened. It was just I had had to take two weeks off for my hernia surgery. It went well. And then I had a week off to go to the Bahamas that was already scheduled. And funny story about that is I waited till like the last moment to pack. I was like, you know what? I'm just throwing like warm stuff on, bringing shorts. It's going to be hot. It's going to be easy. I'll throw it together the night before. So We were leaving for a 5 a.m. flight, and we would be leaving our house about like 2.45 to get to Midway, and it's maybe 12 o'clock, and I'm done packing. I just finished packing, and I'm just going to lay down for maybe like an hour or two and then get up, get the kids up, get them in the car, and we're all going to Bahamas, right? Great, cool. Let me get those passports, because me and my wife got our passports the same time as our kids, and I check the passports, I check the expiration dates, and I look at it, and they don't expire till every 10 years. Little did I know the kids, I guess if you're a minor, it expires every five years. And our kids were expired. So we're like literally getting ready to leave in two hours, and we don't have active passports. So, <laughs> so my wife was super pissed off at me, like super pissed off at me. Like she was saying it wasn't my fault, and she wasn't mad at me. She was just upset about the situation, but she was. One hundred percent mad at me and one hundred percent super pissed off. So we had this, this moment of just sitting there, like we just said, "Hey, we're getting on an airplane in somewhere in a few hours. Where are we going to go?" And we ended up going to Miami, and it was really cool. I'd never been to Miami, and we stayed at the Fontainebleau, and it was just a cool vibe, man. It was that we had, we ate at a lot of really nice restaurants. We kind of went to like all like the celebrity restaurants. We didn't see any celebrities though, so. but we went like to where those places go and. I am now at a point that my 12-year-old and seven-year-old, I'm confident that they can handle fine dining without going completely bonkers and embarrassing me, and we can eat at nicer restaurants now. They are at the age that they can pull that off. So Miami was awesome. I came back from Miami, and I got COVID. So I got COVID for the first time, so I had to take this uh, last week off, too. And I wasn't too sick, but I was I was pretty sick. But I mean, without all the hype around COVID and stuff, I wouldn't have thought anything of it. I'm like, just eh, just a fever, and you know, it's not feeling the greatest. but Got through that, no worries there, but I had to take that week off too. So that's why I had so much time off and I'm going back tomorrow and I'm doing some doubles to make up for all the patients I had to reschedule, but it's going to be all good. It's going to be all good. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to going back tomorrow. So shout out to my kick-ass team because they pulled it off without me for 32 days. How do they do it without me for 32 days? It's because they don't need me. They don't need me at all. And I love it. I love it. I love it. Everything's going great at the practice. Shout out to Yoda. Yoda, who left a review on my new book, Dental Practice Hero 2, the sequel. How a three-day work week can give you the life you want. Yoda said some really nice stuff about the book. This was the first review on the book. So thank you, Yoda. Yoda man. See what I did there? Yoda man please leave me a review. I know a lot of you, I've seen how many people have bought the book and um, just Yoda wrote me the review and I'm so thankful for Yoda, but I really, really would be so happy if some other people wrote a review and I will give you a shout out on my next solo podcast. So today earlier, I had a conversation with the D4 and he had asked me what I would have done differently if I could go back, you know? And so I graduated in 2009. I opened my practice in 2012. So it's been a minute since I started, but I thought about that. I said, what, what kind of things would I go back? Or what, what would I change if I could go back? And and I came up with these three things. So I just kind of want to like share them with you and my thoughts on them from someone who's owned a practice for 10 plus years. And I got, I'm almost 13, uh, 13 and a half years, something like that. I don't know. I've been a dentist for 13 and a half years, something like that. I would have expanded faster. That's one thing that I I look back and I see, knowing what I know now, I could have expanded much faster. And I think a lot of people can expand much faster. And my practice growth model is always expand hygiene, expand hygiene, and add doctors. Get yourself to like three hygienists checking and then add a doctor and add another hygienist. So there's always two hygienists for every doctor or two or three. But, you know, I remember Scott Luna, a breakaway practice seminar saying, if you have to book a new patient out two weeks, you're ready to expand. And, And for me, that seems a little premature. But I mean, there was points where we had a new patient waiting like three, four months to come into our practice before I added an associate. I mean, you've heard me talk about how long I waited, how overdue it was for me to add an associate. Like we couldn't keep up. And it just makes me think, man, three, four months to wait to get a new patient in. And we were seeing like 80, new patients a month. And we could have easily, easily doubled the practice at that point. I think two weeks is premature, but I think if you got a patient has to wait about a month, you know, if you got a patient that need to wait a month to get in as a new patient, you are ready. You know, you can see more new patients. You just need to have more availability in your schedule, and you do that by adding capacity, by adding hygienist, by adding hours, stuff like that. So I that's one thing that I look back and I say I could have done faster. Now, after we expanded from 5 to 11 ops, we expanded as fast as possible. We just kept adding hygienist after hygienist after hygienist. And... We're almost to the point where all eleven chairs are running all day, and we—I've no, no, inkling, no part about me that wants to expand any further than that. So this is the year in January that we're um, we're doing our membership plan. So we're we're starting that, and it, our goal is to get out of insurance this next year. And everyone says do Delta last. I think I'm going to do Delta first. I'm just thinking that, but that's our goal this year. That's what we're doing because we're kind of out of space and. There's nowhere else to go. So it's time to pull out of insurances. And man, I'm just kind of getting sick of it. And with the labor market being what it is and the cost, like, dude, like some of these fees just aren't working anymore. So that's our goal this year. All right, number two, what else would I change? I would have taken a hands-on implant course sooner. And I took a, a, like a hands, I took a hands-on with models. That was the first implant course I took. And I placed an implants with one of the, at my associateship with, one of the other senior docs that helped me out. So I was comfortable placing implants. And I did that for about three years before I went and took one of those trips where you go to the Dominican and place like 30 implants in like two or three days. And what I can say is that I had placed, I don't know, 50, maybe 100 implants before I went there. But when I came back, I placed so many more. And it wasn't necessarily because I learned something I didn't already know it was because I was so much more confident doing it so I was so much more confident talking about it so I think that's really important for the surgical aspect whether it be extractions wisdom teeth surgical extractions or doing any kind of implant surgical stuff bone grafting stuff is to take the hands-on course on patients and like back then everybody had to travel out of the country to do that now now you could, you could do it in the United States. I don't know what changed or if there's some law that kept it from doing it or they just didn't offer that when I had taken this course. But when I took the hands-on, it was money well spent because I came back a different person and I treat and plan different. And I talked to my patients about it different and my confidence was completely different. Number three, I would have stopped and I would have taken care of the things that were bothering me at the practice. And, and I did take care of a lot of things that were bothering me. But I look back over my career and I should have taken care of a lot of these things much sooner. And let let me elaborate a little bit more on that is I think I should have like, you know, when I was burnt out, when I was overbooking myself, when I was like bending over backwards, when I was trying to cut my schedule down, because I didn't want to upset patients. Because when you open your practice, you're this, you're this person, you want everybody to love you. You want all your family and friends to come see you. You want every single patient to stay in your practice because you're growing. And then you reach a spot where you kind of switch. And, then, and I switched. I said, you know what? I don't want to be the dentist everybody loves anymore. I want to be the leader of a big team and a big practice. And I want to help more people in a community. But I don't want to be the dentist, the actual technician doing it all the day. And w- this wasn't compatible with all of my patients that only wanted to see Dr. Etch. I only want to see him. This is bullshit. I, I, I didn't want to see the other doctor. Dr. Raj is the only one that's going to work on me. And what happened with that was I ended up bending over backwards for all these people coming in on my off days, letting them schedule me on days that I wasn't supposed to be seeing patients. I was supposed to be like working with the team and doing trainings and stuff. And it pissed me off a lot. And I should have just said, no, you know what? If you want to see me, that is now incompatible with what I want for my practice and what I want for my own life. So I should have let it go, like been comfortable with these people going away. If that's such a big deal for them. And that's eventually where we got to, where I told the team, I said, hey, if, if it's a deal breaker to see me and they, they don't want to see another hygienist or they don't want to see another doctor, we'll give them the records and go somewhere else. And, and I really meant that in my, in the bottom of my heart, I meant it. And did people leave? I'm sure some people did, but for the most part, no, everyone was fine staying at the practice and not seeing me. They just needed someone to say no. And I didn't want to say no. So I wish I would have did that. I wish I would have not dealt with just employee things that bothered me when I knew they were bothering me. And I wish I wouldn't have dealt with employees that gave me, you know, you got an employee that you just keep hearing about. When you just keep hearing about an employee, it's just time to go away. It's time to let them go. You can warn them. You can try to coach them as much as you can. But my experience is that people often don't change much. And they are who they are for the most part as far as like personality, character, attitude wise. And I wish I wouldn't have dealt with the issues that kept coming up as long as I did, but I was so intent on not stirring up my team and not losing anybody that I think I put up with that for a long time. And I wish I would just kind of looked and said, you know what, what am I not loving about being here and did something about it? And I always did. I always ended up, I I feel like I love how it is at the practice right now. And I've, I've loved it for the past two years and, and I don't want to make it sound like I ever hated it, but there was a lot about it that I very much disliked. And I just showed up and I did my time there. And then I went home for my my three, four day weekend and I didn't think about it. And I could have made it so it was more bearable and more enjoyable to be there had I addressed the issues sooner. But it's just like anything, it's fear. You know, you get scared. You're scared you can't do this. You're scared you can't do that. You're scared that people will leave. You'll, lo- you'll lose patience. And, you know, I I just through what I've been through, I can look back and say, man, none of that stuff happened. None of the bad stuff happened. It all worked out. And there should have been, you know, in retrospect, easy to say, I shouldn't have been so scared. So those are my three things. I hope um, that resonates with some people. I hope you guys have a safe, happy new year. And you come back in 2023 and we're going to kick ass, right? We're going to have a great year. I got a really, really good episode for my first interview of 2023. I got Ellen Broen on. She was my life coach. And I just love what we did with this interview. And I know it's just going to be like people's favorite episode. Uh, It's just It was such a good interview. So look forward to that next week. Look at that coming out. Pick up my new book, Dental Practice Hero 2. And please leave a homeboy review, man. I spent so much time doing this. I was like coming up on like i don't know 300 something episodes can you take like two minutes out of your day i don't care if you write anything nice just give me some stars bro all right cool everybody have a happy new year thank you so much for listening and next time i talk to you it'll be 2023 all right let's get out of here